And welcome to the Brothers Ramble. I'm Troy. And I'm Andy. Hey, you remember a while ago where we talked about uh, making little dreams? Yes. Little, little notes on dreams? Yes. I hear you started that. I did. I only have one right now. Okay. And I don't remember the uh, dream itself, but all it says is cut off my own arms. <laughs> you don't remember getting up and typing that? I, I remember typing it. I just yeah. don't remember what the dream was. That's funny. Was it like middle of the night? Did you wake up and roll over and... No, it was in the morning. It? Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but then I got thinking, how did I cut off the other arm when the other arm was already gone? Because I know I, I cut off my own arms. I did personally. <laughs> but how did I cut off the other one? afterwards that's interesting i don't know i, I can't remember now i wonder what brought you to that dream were you, were you down a rabbit hole of uh violent content at one point i mean that's a good guess because <laughs> normally that would be the case but i don't think so i think yeah i don't know just just really quick did, did you ever watch that video that i mentioned about the uh tiktoker Beauty influencer that got yes, gunned down. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. That was unfortunate. I, I have to, I'm sorry. Let, let me just really quick. There's this beauty influencer on TikTok. She also was a drug trafficker. Yeah. She ended up getting shot and gunned down and murdered in the middle of the street. Yeah, in broad daylight. By, and she had ties to a Mexican drug cartel. And so, obviously, there were there was a rival cartel. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And they ended up killing her um, after she got out of prison. Yeah, and so, and and I laughed because I mentioned to you that all these reports were saying there was no motive found. It's like no motive. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, I think you can guess a Mexican cartel connected drug trafficker. You having a hard time mm. connecting the dots as to why she was murdered? Mm. That's a difficult one. Anyway, you know those drug cartels—they're not known for just gunning people down. Oh no, in the middle no, of the they, street. They have to have a reason. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> Man, <laughs> but yeah, I, I found that interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I've also added to my list of dreams. Okay, um, two of them since, and um, one was patriotic cannibalism hmm my star spangled shattered soul apparently i put on there and uh okay (laughs) i don't know i don't know i do remember a little bit about that dream because once we finished eating somebody Mm. very patriotically um we ended up filling out some paperwork for it and uh we moved on to the next one but was uh, this after you listened to the Donner Party <laughs> podcast? No. No, okay. this was before that. But, okay. Uh, and then my next one was I was talking with John Cena. This might be another dream I had with John Cena. I don't think this is the first one I've had with John Cena. <laughs> I was talking with John Cena in a movie theater about sure. a co-worker I was having trouble with that he called Beatnik Becky. <laughs> to be fair, that does sound like something he would say. <laughs> I don't remember a thing about this dream or writing it. Beatnik Becky. So John Cena's helping with Beatnik Becky in a movie theater. Sounds like another wrestler. (laughs) Beatnik Beatnik Becky. Becky. Probably. 
But man, yeah. that's funny. Uh, so I, I recommend doing that. Anybody that's out there, just do it. Just yeah. make a quick note if you remember anything about your dreams, because it's pretty funny. <laughs> it can be really funny. So <laughs> then you might realize you have a pattern of dream of John Cena. I don't know. Apparently, Maybe. yeah, yeah. John apparently, Cena, James Gandolfini have popped up a couple times. I don't remember the last time I've had a dream with like a celebrity in it. Like, really? I don't think that happens much for me. Before I started writing this down, I was chased by, um, I just lost his name, Christian Bale. And the reason I lost his name is because he was chasing me as Patrick Bateman. Mm. And he just had this grin on his face and he wasn't running. Yeah. He was just slowly walking like a zombie. And I ended up ducking into a store. And, uh, you know, he, he was walking up and I saw him through the doors and he was pulling these black gloves down on his hands mm-hmm. and just grinning and walking <laughs> right at me. And that's pretty much when I woke up and right. like, oh, I'm going to die from Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Usually my dreams, it's just me doing stuff. Like, is it? Yeah. It's just me. Usually you solo. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of uh-uh. interaction. I that's think, weird. I think Ashley has popped up a couple of times yeah but most of the time it's just me that's weird yeah wonder what that says about you better find one of those dream people to explain maybe it sounds, that one away. Yeah, maybe it means you're a solitary person <laughs> yes yeah you are maybe it means you like to be by yourself yep sure do <laughs> maybe you have a deep-seated love for john cena huh? yes maybe <laughs> who doesn't come on now it's john cena it's true but <laughs> all right um, did we mention who we were? We're the brothers ramble. I think so. Oh, good. Um, so we had a discussion a couple episodes ago about your LDS mission. Yes. Um, have you thought about that since? Nope. Did any more memories pop up? Nope. As you... <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't talk about the guy that had a gun behind the door. Mm. I went to talk to him. And I think we knew that because I think he cocked it while we were talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. There's another guy we came to that told us that um, when the Mormons were coming across the plains that uh, Brigham Young and Joseph Smith were slaughtering babies along the way. Yeah. Yeah. That That's part of church history yeah. that we try to keep yeah. buried. Yeah. You know. And it's funny because on, on my mission as well, we would <laughs> come across people that would say things like, I know all about the Mormons. And so we'd immediately say, really? What was your favorite part about Brigham Young coming across the plains on that white buffalo? Right. And they'd say, well, I didn't believe that for a second. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yeah. And so speaking of that, um, I think we were talking that uh, let's go through mine. Yeah. And let's let's talk about my misadventures in Missouri. (laughs) So I was... 2004 to 2006. Yes. What years were you again? 98 to 2000. That's right. Um, now, this is interesting. Um, because prior to me getting a mission call on Christmas Eve. Um, right. It was Christmas it Eve. It was Christmas Eve. I was actually out shoveling the driveway, and I saw the mailman mm-hmm. coming. And for some reason, I thought, it's there. <laughs> It was like two houses away. I'm yeah. like, my mission call is in that truck. The big white envelope. And sure enough, it was. And uh, we were having our Christmas Eve party, so everybody was here. Mm-hmm. And uh, brought it in, opened it up, said where I was going. 
And it was just the summer before. I think it was that same year or the year before, one of the two, I can't remember, that we actually went to Missouri. Yes, we did. And uh, it was kind of our last road trip hurrah before I left. Mm -hmm. And so I found that very interesting. It was kind of weird, yeah. It was. It was like, wasn't I just there? <laughs> and my first thought was, that was pretty unsubstantial. <laughs> I, it was pretty boring. Where am I going to go there? Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, some random city somewhere. It was St. Louis. Yep. St. Louis, Missouri. So now, man friend Brent was here. I had a memory unlocked as I was thinking about this. <clears throat> okay. And I'm not sure if I ever told you or if I told mom, but uh, he pulled me aside mm -hmm. after I mentioned where I was going. And he really got my mind on the right track okay. by saying the wrong thing. Because he told me, <laughs> he told me, oh, you're going to St. Louis. Well, that'll be all right. There's not a whole lot of black people. Hmm. you'll be all right. There's not a whole lot of black people. That's what Brent told me Christmas Eve after I read my mission call. First of all, he's wrong. Very much so. Very wrong. And Second uh, of all, um, racist. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> so much. Wow. And so that immediately started a mind shift with me. It's like, well, now I'm going to go and talk to nothing but black people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just so I could tell him that, but, uh, I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to worry <laughs> because there was uh, my fair share, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is actually a positive and I will get into that. But, um, so let me ask you, once I said where I was going, what were your thoughts? Did you have any? You're like, Oh, that's going to be boring for you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's probably what it was. I think it was it's hard to, to remember exactly what I was thinking. Um, I remember being excited for you. I remember thinking this is going to be weird. Him leaving. It's just going to be me and mom here. That's going to be weird. Yeah. Um, uh, I remember thinking I'm going to move into his room. Yeah. After he leaves. That seems to be a brotherly thing to do. Yeah. So I did that when guy left. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of excited about that. Um, just kind of commandeer all the stuff they don't box up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. <laughs> they go digging through their boxes anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do remember thinking, or at least feeling like, well, that's, that's a little boring. Yeah. Um, because you always hear stories of, oh, I went to, to Europe. I went to Africa. I went to this place, went to that yeah. place. You didn't even, you're not even going out of the country. No, like I mean, you're not even. You're less than four states away. Yeah, I mean that's that's not far. No, in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> Maybe if I went to New York, it would have been something. Yeah, you know, and but, also because we had just been there, we'd like just been there. Yeah. yeah, it's like well, we saw the arch. Yeah, what else are you gonna see? <laughs> that's right. What else is in St. Louis for yeah. you? I come to find out, there's quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in St. Louis for me. So. All right, so let me get into this. And as I go, feel free to just ask questions. Otherwise, it's just going to be me talking. Yeah. And nobody wants to hear that. Um, so I went into the MTC. I can't remember exact dates. I was trying to find my missionary journal 
or my photo album, and I can't. I found everything else. My mission binder, all my letters, Yeah, which makes me think my photo and my journal are together somewhere else. <laughs> Mom has a lot of your photos. Yeah. Yeah. I have my own my own little personal album with all okay. my favorites. Okay. And I can't remember where it is. Anyway. Um so I went to the MTC and <laughs> I ended up with a missionary companion that was going to the same mission I was. His name was Romrel. Mm-hmm. He actually lives in Idaho. Okay. Um and what was interesting about him is that he had a huge gaping wound on his leg that continued to bleed the entire time we were there. Gross. It was gross due to an earlier snowmobiling accident prior to going into the MTC. Couldn't get that taken care of? I, he did somewhat. Huh. And so he, he was always changing bandages, bloody bandages. Now, <laughs> you're at the MTC for three weeks. I mean, if you're doing English speaking in the country, it's three weeks. Yes. So that just sat there and, and bled and off and on for yeah, three weeks. For three weeks. And wow. here's, here's a fun fact. We actually got extended for five weeks. Oh, okay. Because of some travel arrangements. So we got an extra two weeks in the MTC, mm. which was, after a while, it was boring. Yes. And so... Yeah. After three weeks, you are ready to go. Yeah. And and I went in there with a mindset of, I know a little bit about the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and they immediately shoved me into this class with this teacher who also sang in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And that's all I remember about him. Okay. But I remember that almost the very first day I was there, we started doing role-playing door knocking. Wow. And they just threw you in, huh? Right in. Wow. Right in with my, you know, bloody thighed <laughs> companion. And so, you know, I caught on fairly quickly, I guess, to yeah. the idea of what they think we should be doing. Right, right. <laughs> now, what you learn in the MTC, I will say, you take the bare bones of it and then throw it away yep. once you're <laughs> out in the field because- yep. It's nothing like what they're saying it's going to be. Nope. You're being taught by people who went on a mission 87 years ago. Exactly. And everything has changed. Yeah. And so, and I mean, just put in context, everything changed from when you went from when I went. Exactly. And that was just a few years later. That's right. Um, one of the big things is you start memorizing the quote unquote discussions. Right. Which we didn't do. Which you didn't do. Mm-mm. That was one of the biggest changes. We had a script that um, you'll hear in a, in a little while. Um, if you stick to that script, people don't listen to you. Right. You take the idea of the script and make it your own. You personalize it for who you're talking to. Right. I had missionary companions that no matter what the person was saying back at them, they just... <laughs> Stuck, stuck to the script. It. Right, right, right. It's like you're you're not hearing what they're saying. Yeah. This is okay. They can't they can't do any improv. They can't any, yeah. <laughs> they're not good at improv. And so I I have a memorable experience, two memorable experiences the MTC. Number one, our quote unquote district leader in the MTC, his name was Proudfoot. Mm-hmm. He was from Oregon. Okay. Tie Guard, Oregon. 
I had somebody from Tigard, Oregon. There you go. That's funny. Okay. And um, he realized very quickly that I can keep a very, very straight face mm-hmm. through almost anything. Yes. I, I have a talent of lying to you and keeping a very straight face. <laughs> yes, you do. And so he pulled me aside one day, just out of the blue. He wasn't telling me he was going to do this. And he pulled me out of class because we were just doing study, just, you know, our own reading. Yeah. And he said, I want to do something. I said, okay, what's that? And he said, just, just follow my lead on this. I'm like, okay. And so I go back in. He said, when you go in, just look down. Just, I'm like, so my regular face. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so I go back in, I sit down. And after about five minutes of him looking back at me and getting to where the rest of our quote unquote district, um, I think there was like eight of us or so, yeah. including a couple sisters. They all started looking as to why he kept looking at me. And so he stood up and he said, I need to tell everybody something. I know that you saw me take Elder Wood out and talk to him for a few minutes. That was mm-hmm. because last night he tried to kill himself <laughs> because he just can't do it. <laughs> wow. And That's so not where I thought that was going to go. I know. And right. neither did I, but I kept this very straight face and just looked down mm-hmm. at my desk. And so I could feel all eyes. I mean, it was complete silence. <laughs> And then he didn't say a word for what felt like two minutes. Yeah. And they just started laughing. So it's like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just to ease the tension in yeah. the room. But I was like, oh my gosh. So that was funny. I enjoyed that. Um, and the other experience was you were also indentured labor while you were at the MTC. Yep. In the call center. Yep. And um, while we were scheduled to go to the call center, it was also around... LDS conference and our time was coming that we had to be in the call center, but conference wasn't over. So we, as a district all got up and left. And as we were leaving the MTC president got on the microphone while the big screen of conference was playing and said, elders, where are you going? (laughs) It's all of a sudden it's all eyes on us. The entire MTC. And (laughs) Proudfoot had to speak up and say, uh, to the call center. <laughs> it's, it's our time. It's our time. It's like, you can wait till after the prayer. It's like, okay. So we all just kind of hovered in the hallway waiting. Now I know what room you were in. Now my memory, maybe it's bigger on a thing in my memory, but yeah. that particular area. Yes. That houses everybody is huge. Very, very large. Yes thousands of of missionaries in there so i can only imagine everybody turning and looking at you so so many and so awkward oh man and speaking of rooms um normally i don't know if it was the same for you you have four to a room yes i didn't we had two nice it was just me and my companion so we got our pick of four beds that would have been so nice yeah um I got so mad one morning because the missionary came in and threw cold water on me uh, just to wake me up. Not not because he thought it was being funny. Yeah. It's because we had to get up and start studying, and he thought that was the way to do it. It's a good way to get punched. I, I got so angry yeah. at that. But uh, anyway, so eventually I was able to leave the MTC. Now, I made my way into Missouri, um, and the city 
that had the presidential mansion in it was called Creve Corps. Mm. Um, what you know, what you need to know about Missouri is number one, it's very Catholic because mm-hmm. everything is Saint, Saint Louis, Saint Charles, right. Saint Peter's, right, right, all of the churches, Saint Joachim and Anne, Saint All Saints, Saint <laughs> this and Saint that, right. everywhere you go. In fact, the Pope came while I was there, so it's a very, very Catholic-centered state. Okay, um, and French. It's Catholic and it's French. French? French? Yes. Very, very weird. Okay. Not the people. The names. Oh, okay. 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 Like Creve Corps, for instance. Um, everything is French. Gotcha. The names are French or they're saints. Or French saints. I don't know. But there was a lot. And so in Creve Corps, in the presidential mansion, um, as we were dry, as the assistants, the president came and got us from the airport. Mm-hmm. In Moby, the big white van. Yep. And as we were driving back, we drove through St. Louis. And we all looked out. It's like, oh, there's the Mississippi River. There's St. Louis. There's the arch. Mm -hmm. Everybody starts talking about where the mission boundaries are. And they said, the inner city is in our mission, which is right here. And everybody started saying, oh, that's where they're going to send me. My first place is going to be in the inner city mm. and it's going to be terrifying. Oh, I don't want to go to the inner city. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to go there. I didn't say a word because number one, I don't talk to people. Right. Sure. And so <laughs> that would change. But at that point, I, I mean, and not. this is a brand new experience. I mean, oh, this, this is, is huge. Yeah. This is huge. I mean, you're away uh, from your home, family, everything oh, yeah. you know is. You are so far out of your comfort zone. Comfort is not a thing that you know for the next two years. Yeah. Yeah. And so we end up in the, uh, the presidential mansion and, um, you know, downstairs there's like ping pong tables and, you know, and, uh, we have good food and it's a, and it's a great experience for about a day. Mm -hmm. And then we all end up in the front room and our mission president comes in and starts handing out companions and areas. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, he starts handing all these out and he comes to me. And again, I haven't said word one. I don't think to anybody except my, um, MTC companion. Cause he's there. Yeah. So I do have some comfort there. Everybody else was, I think going to Mississippi, if I'm not mistaken. That's funny. And, um, so he starts handing out and he says, elder wood he says, we're sending us straight to the front lines into St. Louis, the inner city. I'm like, of course, of course you are. And your trainer will be Elder Blunk. And thought, great, super. And Here so we go. Everybody looks at me like, well, it kind of sucks to be you. <laughs> Good luck. And so we end up going to the uh, stake center area where we're going to meet everybody. I meet my companion. And he's this short kid, shorter than me. Mm-hmm. And he looks like he has a terrier on top of his head. That's what his hairdo looks like. Right. A wet terrier right. on top of his head. And he's wearing these big red clown looking Doc Martens. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> and so <laughs> he comes out, gives me a big old awkward missionary hug. And he's like, you ready, elder? I'm like, hmm. No. 
And I said, Not really. So we're out there and we're waiting. Everybody's leaving and we're like, so how do we have a car? He's like, no, it's all bike or it's all bus. I'm like, I don't have a bike. He's like, well, then we're taking the bus. Don't we get you a bike? And so I said, how are we getting back? And he said, you'll see. You'll know. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I'm not kidding. Almost after he said that, what I can only express and say looks like Red Fox's truck <laughs> from Sanford and Son mm -hmm. comes driving up. And inside is this emaciated looking black guy with somewhat balding but longer hair mm. and wearing this flannel and he gets out just boisterous and he's like, and look, is it your new companion? And he starts shaking my hand like, okay. Yeah. And, uh, so he says, yeah. And so he throws my stuff in the back of the truck and off we go. He was not a member of the church come to find out, but he loved helping. Right. And so, um, we end up in the inner city on a street called West Florissant, mm -hmm. which I come to find out is one of the most dangerous streets in all of St. Louis. Right. In fact, after my mission, I saw it on cops. <laughs> that's always, that's always a good feeling. I saw my street yeah. on cops. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So anyway, we end up at this fourplex and we're in the top kind of left corner of this fourplex. And as we're going in, he tells me the people right across from us, there was a guy who used to live there. He just killed himself on New Year's Day. And I was coming in in April. Right. And so it was pretty fresh in everybody's mind. I'm right. Like, oh, good. And so he opens the door. We go in. It's a fairly nice looking place. That would change very quickly once I get settled in because I came to find out it was cockroach infested. Mm-hmm. Um, not because it wasn't clean. It was just because the area yeah. that we lived. Right. And so, um, I get all settled in and immediately there's a knock at the door and the assistants to the president are there. There's a giant caveman named Elder Hawes. He has the Cro-Magnon forehead and he's like eight foot 12 mm -hmm. and he's just enormous. And then there's this red haired kid and he says, we're going on splits. And even before I'm settled, I am out the door. Jeez. Yep. And I'm off and going. I'm like, okay. And he says, oh, you're going to love it here. I served here. I'm like, uh. and so <laughs> he ends up, well, let me show you how, you know, we knock doors and we immediately start knocking doors. I am thrown into this. I'm not even sure I'm carrying scriptures at the time. Right. I don't know right. the discussions. I don't know hardly anything at all. And I'm out there. Right. With the assistant to the president. Now, there are two types of assistants. Number one, these guys who just live for this. Yeah. Now, I will say on my mission, I did everything I could to make it successful. Yeah. But I wasn't straight-laced. Yeah. You weren't, was, you weren't by the book. I was a human being. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Now, let me, let me dispel some illusions for those of you who may be listening to this. An LDS missionary is a 19-year-old kid, let off the leash, given money, given freedom, given a car, and an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. What you're thinking right now happens. Yep. Okay. Now, there are those missionaries that live and die by the book. 
Yep. Of Mormon. (laughs) (laughs) But um, for the most part, you're just out for the experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, really. I mean, you want to do, at least in, in, in my opinion, for me, I wanted to do my best with, with what I was entrusted to do. Mm-hmm. And so as he's pulling me door to door, I'm trying to take this all in. And then he shoves me forward and says, your turn. I'm like, Ew. and he said, all you have to do, just say who you are, where we're from. And I'll be there to back you up. I'm like, okay. So I knock on the door and this lady answers. And I said, uh, my name is El Slam. Well, you got it. You got it out of the way. First, <laughs> got thing. it out of the way. Got the door My slammed. First door was a door slam. Yep. And so he took over from that point on until we finished for the day. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was that was my first missionary experience. Wow. Day one. Wow. Before I had even unpacked anything, I was out the door with the assistants knocking on doors. I would have hated that. Oh my gosh! It yeah. But then I come to find out. That, that, that red-haired guy I was with, um, he asked what my name was, and, and he said, oh, you, you have the same name as that the lead singer Mother Love Bone. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, there it is. Yep. There's the crack in the armor. Yep, there's, there's the real person. He likes alternative music. But um, so anyway, eventually I came to the, the this understanding that my trainer was not a nice person. Mm-hmm. He, uh, put me down at every chance he could get. Yeah. Um, one of the other first things he said to me was to laugh at my tie the way I had it tied. Cause he, oh, the deacon knot. <laughs> now I'd never learned to tie a tie any other way. Yeah. So, and again, I wasn't to a point where I was going to really stand up for myself. So I just kind of sheepishly was embarrassed mm-hmm. and, um, he didn't show me how to do anything different. He just laughed at me. So I'm like, okay. Um, he was also a band, uh, he was in a, he was in the band in high school. Mm. He played trumpet. Okay. And so he thought he had perfect pitch. Oh, he's one of these guys. And the way he knew what note he was supposed, cause he would force us to sing every morning uh. during study at six 30 and seven in the morning, we had to sing a hymn first and <laughs> he would find one. And see what the note was. And the way, the way he thought that this note sounded, he'd hold up his air trumpet. jeez. Yeah, that's, that's an A. It's like, you know, I've been playing piano since I was 12. Yeah. I would not have gotten along with this guy. No. And so, and so, you know, you get an idea how this guy is. Yeah. Right. And uh, he always had this st- Stupid grin on his face, holding his backpack like they're suspenders. Mm-hmm. He never let it go. He'd walk around like he's, you know, in later hosen in, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Bulgaria. <laughs> and, uh, you know, in his big old red clown boots. And, um, you know, so he, he irritated me. I will say. <laughs> did you ever, oh gosh. did you guys ever get along? At the very end. The very end. The yeah. very end. One of our last conferences. He was ended up back in, it was a multi-zone conference and he was there right before he went home. Mm -hmm. And he said, I apologize for the way I treated you. Nice. And, and at that time, I think I was training. He said, just don't do what I did. And that was the last thing that I ever said to him. Yeah. 
Never kept in contact with him. Um, the only other memorable thing with him, there were two memorable things with him. Number one, we were on a bus. And the bus had broken down. And we were the only two white guys, of mm-hmm. course, in mm-hmm. the inner city of St. Louis for many, many miles. Sure. And uh, the bus driver turns around and he's like, you preachers? And he's like, yeah. He said, get up and start preaching. And at that point, we okay. had our quote-unquote <laughs> first discussion memorized, so we did. Yeah. We taught the entire bus. That's cool. The first discussion. What was funny, though, is that once the bus started going, the, he uh, started talking to this other guy, and I was sitting across from him, and he said, we'd like to give you the opportunity. And he said, it's not an opportunity. He says, you can't call it an opportunity, but it is. Like, it isn't. Not for me. And so he started just insulting my trainer. He's like, how can you come out here with that hairdo? Like there's a wet dog on your head wearing those clown shoes. And I laughed because that's exactly how yeah. I had described yeah, him. Yeah. He's like, run a comb through that hair. And he just ripped him down and he was quiet the rest of the day. <laughs> and so my only other experience with him is it was late at night. I had got up to go to the bathroom. I was come back to the room. And yes, come to find out that uh, Lady Wife wasn't aware that we share a room. Yeah. Um, yes, you and your companions sleep in the same room. Yes. But not in the same bed. It says that in the White Handbook. Yes, it does. Um, Makes that very clear. That's right. And so as I was walking back to the room, he sat up and he looked at me. And he asked, is the Book of Mormon true? And I said, yeah. And he fell back asleep. He got up and talked in his sleep and asked me about the Book of Mormon. And then it was gone. I asked him about it the next morning. He had no idea. Weird. And so, so there we were in the inner city. Uh, Our church we went to was an overdone or a remodeled um, funeral home. Um, Our branch president was this big Polynesian guy that they call President Laffy. Mm -hmm. Because nobody could pronounce his last name. It was Manu Malayuna, by the way. Oh, nice. And um, he invited us over for a pig roast where they did like a full-on pig. Oh, and, oh, that'd be great. And it was, oh, it was so good. And he was such a nice guy. And um, right before my trainer left me and I got a new companion, he introduced me to another member of the ward. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm warning you, don't mention the nutty professor. I'm like. That's odd. I'm like, Jerry. Lewis's not he's like no Eddie yeah, Murphy Eddie Murphy movie. one right and I was like okay and then I looked out the window and coming up the steps <laughs> was what I can only say is the spitting image of Eddie Murphy's nutty mm. professor coming to the door and I had to really restrain myself not to laugh when I opened the door because yeah. <laughs> he was in all his glory he had like the big kind of, you know, little Afro. He's got the glasses. He's really, really heavy set. He's got the really skinny legs. I'm like, oh my gosh. It made me wonder if Eddie Murphy didn't, you know, see him yeah. and pattern this after him. But, uh, that's funny. He was a really nice guy and he had two loves in life, which was classical music and Princess Diana. Okay. And so he ended up leaving the church and be, and, going back to being a Baptist again. So yeah. now yeah. <laughs> I was a camper in all of my areas. 
Um, I spent at least six months in the inner city. Mm -hmm. That's one quarter of my entire mission in the inner city. I got my next companion and he was your classic football jock. Mm. His name was Elder AC. He was taller than me. He was blonde. He was bigger than me, but he was nice and he was not my trainer. So yeah, this was good. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually got along and we got along well. You ever talk to him about tithing? You never say AC says 10%. (laughs) It's just 10%. I would have. <laughs> I'm not even sure I thought about that. The only memory I really have of Elder AC was I was sitting at our desk in the cockroach infested apartment and I was writing something on the dry erase board mm-hmm. and it was later in the evening. We, we'd call it a day and he was sitting there in gym shorts, mm-hmm. blue gym shorts. And you'll see why I remember this in a minute. Um, because where I was sitting, there was like a partition, a little like half wall. Mm-hmm. And I see his legs and his shorts up to about his waist. Because mm-hmm. he's sitting on the couch. He's just sitting there. I don't know what he's doing. And I'm writing this dry erase board. I turn and I look over. And he has his hand down his pants. And he's playing whack-a-mole down there <laughs> in his blue gym shorts. And I don't know why. Or what the purpose of him doing this was, but he gave it a quick little, and then stopped. And I don't know why, but (laughs) he was, hang on, wait, go back. All right. So was he playing with himself or was he playing with himself? He was, he was going at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Just uh, up and down there in his shorts. I'm like, what? He had just zoned out. Right. And I I just glanced over because all I'm seeing is waist down. I'm like, what is he doing? And then he just stops and like he comes to. Weird. And then he just kind of stands up and I don't know if he. Goes to the bathroom and to finish. I don't know. That is the only memory I have of Elder AC. I imagine and that it, stick with you. Yes, very much so. And this was at around my birthday. Um, so this was in July. And uh, the other thing, I don't remember anything with him, but what I do remember in that apartment is we were in there and all of a sudden everything starts to get red. We had a great big front window Mm -hmm. and everything in the apartment started to get red, red tinted. I'm like, what in the world is going on? So we look over the window and it's covered with this great big red something. Mm. And it was bright and it was because it was July and shining through. And so we go out and look and this hot air balloon had landed in our front yard. (laughs) Just out of the blue. I I don't know. I don't know. It was just a weird, a weird memory I had, but, uh. And I actually have a picture of that. I have the hot air balloon outside. But yeah, it was weird. Everything got red. So anyway, I spent a lot of time in the inner city. We'll just say that. I I fell asleep to the sound of sex from our neighbors below us. Sure. And sex and gunshots outside is right. how I went to sleep. Right. Almost every, every night. Um, they were always at it. And we had paper thin floors. <laughs> and so we could hear everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we woke up to marijuana. Every morning. I'm, I don't know if it was from the same people. Probably. Bake. Yeah. 
And so there were several mornings we walked out just happier than we would have been. Sure. You know, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was interesting. They, they have since closed down that apartment. I come to find out mm. shocking. Yeah. I know. Um, and that church that was once a funeral home is now a Sikh temple. Oh, okay. so that's, that's out there as well. So anyway, let's move on. Um, any questions no. that I have that no. you have for the inner city? No. Okay. Um, yes, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, did you find out pretty quick that, cause I had to find this out. Yes. That no matter what you were offered to eat. Yes. You ate it. Oh yeah. 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 There was, there was no option. Yeah. You it ate did, it. It didn't matter. Yeah. I had, um, collard greens and onions yeah. for the first time. And we're talking great big pearl onions mm-hmm. and what looked like seaweed. <laughs> yeah. And yep. it was disgusting, but the lady was so proud of it that we just you had to choke it down. Choke it down. Yep. And, uh, yeah, at the same time, I think they were watching Titanic in the basement. If I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she was also the same one that asked us to come back at Thanksgiving because they were going to roast a goat. Hmm. Like, well, if your goat is anything like your collard greens <laughs> and your onions, I don't want to yeah, come back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than that, uh, well, no, no, we, we had several run-ins in the projects. Um, we ran into a, a group of crips. I think I've shared the story before. Mm-hmm. They had, they were all in blue. They had the guns in their waistband. They called us over. We thought we were going to die. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they asked who we were. And for some reason, everybody asked if we were with the FBI. Right. It's like, I got that too. We're 19 year old kids. Yeah. And for some reason, they thought we were related because we were both called elder. Yep. Got that too. It's like, you're related by last name, usually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Old name elder, your brothers. Like, no. No. (laughs) And so they called us over, asked who we were with the FBI. We're like, no, we were actually members of the church of Jesus Christ. And they're like, Oh Jesus, I go to church every mm-hmm. Sunday. And they just yeah. started naming people we should talk to in the projects. <laughs> He's up on like the fifth floor. Of I was like, thanks. <laughs> but from that point on, we felt safe. Yeah. Safe in one of the deadliest areas in St. Louis. Yep. I mean, you just look up the rankings. I mean, East St. Louis is one of the most violent, murderous towns mm-hmm. in all of the United States. Fortunately, that wasn't in our area. We were in West St. Louis, mm-hmm. but it was still, it got pretty sketchy. But that's that's kind of the culture. It was the same in, in Mississippi. You know, they could be rough and tumble, scary, whatever, but yeah. the minute you bring up that you're a preacher, quote yeah. unquote, or Jesus, man, yeah. everybody will talk to you. They will. They love talking about it. They love it. They love it. They they somehow separate the violence they do in gangs. They separate that from going to church on mm-hmm. Sunday. Like, yep. you're not affected by yep. either one. One is this, one is this. Yep. Like, okay. All sure. right. Which is fine. And what's funny is that there were several times late at night, we got stopped by a police officer and they asked us, and it became the famous line, do you know where you are? Yeah. Like, yeah, we live here. And their faces dropped. And they're like, you live here? Yeah. He said, yeah, we're missionaries. Like, you're braver than I am. 
But this is coming from a police officer right. in St. Louis. Right. You're braver than I am. <clears throat> okay. Well, well, they don't want to shoot us. Thanks. <laughs> so <laughs> we aren't arresting them. Yeah. A lot of people we talked to late at night said, make sure you get home before it gets dark. Right. You know, but we, again, we always felt safe ever yeah. since that running with the Crips. We were never, we never felt like we were going to die. Yeah. If you're in with the Crips, you're, you're I'm good. Telling you, you're, you're good. Are, you're golden. And so that was also the time where I went to the arch. And I will say, once you've been to the arch, you've been to the arch. Yeah. There's nothing else to see. You see the little museum with the stuffed buffalo in the bottom. Yeah. You go up into the arch, you look out the window and you're done. Cool. That's it. Yeah. So anytime you get a new companion or you're somebody else in the district gets a new companion, they want to go to the arch, you roll your eyes and think, well, it's going to be a waste of time for an hour. So let's go. <laughs> and so, and that was also, we lived right outside the, uh, the, uh, Budweiser brewery. Mm-hmm. And we also lived really close to Bush stadium, mm-hmm. um, where the Cardinals play. And so while I was there, we had the Pope, we had the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa home run thing going on. Mm-hmm. And the Rams made the Super Bowl, led by Kurt Warner, nice. who, by the way, tried to pray for me and gave me a prayer card, football card, in Union Station in St. Louis. Nice. That's one of the few football cards I have. Yeah. It was handed to me by Kurt Warner. I'm like, thanks. You still thanks. have it? I still have it. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Kurt. It's it's like a football card, yeah. but you turn around, and it's like the Lord's Prayer, or the prayer to save you, or accept Jesus into your heart. Right. That's... I'm Interesting. Like, Neat. Thanks. Thanks, Kurt. But uh All right. All right. So yeah. let's let's move on to your other other areas. Here. All right. So where you go after the inner city? So was that a little long? Did little I ramble? A little bit. Okay. Um after I go to the inner city, I go into the boonies. Mm. I go up to an area called Brookfield, where is nothing but trailer, trailer parked. Right. Trailer park people. And uh, <laughs> I mean, once you know trailer park people, yeah. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking yep. about. Yep. Um, everybody, if, if you're looking for a neighbor, they say it's in this trailer. If you're looking for this person, they mm-hmm. say it's in that trailer park. That's all it is. Or it's storefronts. And that's where we lived. Was in a remade office building with a storefront below us. Okay. And right next to us was a video store. Um, and we had people that would still come up. I guess it was like a, I don't know if it was a... Uh, uh, and a, a child, something like a, like a state child. Um, what am I looking for? Um, after a divorce situation, alimony situation, kind of office. Okay. Anyway, we'd have people just walk into our apartment asking if it was still the office of, of this, this nice. place. We'd be sitting there sometimes in our garments and they just walk right in. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this just not the office? Like, no, no. And it was weird because we'd have those big like support beams you see in offices. They're yeah, still in there. Yeah, they're still in that building. But we lived on the corner of Wood Street, Wooden Main. Nice. And so, and we our church at that point was the second half of a rented out beauty shop. <laughs> and <laughs> okay, um, it was uh not ideal, but uh. This was also where we served in Marceline, Missouri, Mm -hmm. which for you Disney fans is the quote unquote boyhood home of Walt Disney. Right. His family lived there 
for a few years. Um, it's where he had his dreaming tree, where he used to sit under it and you know supposedly came up with the idea dream? and he dreamed. That tree has since got blown over in a storm, but they have the son of the dreaming tree still there. And son of the, tree. <laughs> the barn where he used to go Jeez. out and, and do little drawings mm. and things, that was moved in its entirety to California. So they rebuilt a barn and everybody still goes there, signs their names, you know, for Walt Disney and everything. Right. If you look up Justin Scard, Adam the Woo, they've all been there. Okay. They've all been down that main street where you know, we were right in Marceline. They have the uh, Walt Disney Museum. And uh, in Brookfield, it was trailer park. In Marceline, it was farm. Mm-hmm. Also lived in a trailer, but it was mostly farm. And that was the area where I was able to pluck a chicken after the branch president's wife cut its head off. Um, we ate that later for dinner. Sure. Um, I had to hit a cow with a two by four because it was trying to gore its young, even though it didn't have any horns, it was still trying to gore it because cows are stupid and they're not good mothers. Yeah. Right. And so I had to, he said, just hit it. The branch president, he's like, hit it with a two by four. Yeah. Right between the eyes. And so I just, <laughs> I just clonked this thing. Clunk. And just kind of looked at me like, why did you do that? <laughs> just enough to distract it, get yeah. it, to get the calf yeah. out of the way. Um, it's also my first time I ever caught a, catfish mm-hmm. and then we tried to eat it and it was out of a mud hole you don't want to do that but we did did you yeah we had fish cheeks because mm. we bought a knife and it gave us recipe for fish cheeks and so we tried it with this catfish and you uh, had a deep fried catfish we deep fried the cheeks oh, okay 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 or we fried the cheeks okay. but then it went from probably an inch long to maybe a centimeter <laughs> And so we didn't taste anything, but, <laughs> right. and then the rest of the catfish tastes like mud. So it was pretty yeah. gross. Cause I had a lot of catfish. Yeah. Down South. Yeah. <laughs> I never had good catfish. I had some good catfish. Um, so anyway, that was my first time I ever had mozzarella sticks was in Marceline, Missouri, because <laughs> that was the first time. That was the first time. Ow. Um, the uh, branch president's wife owned a diner called Susie's place. Her name Mm -hmm. was Susie. It was her place. Makes sense. And it was right there on the corner, right across from the Walt Disney Museum. I mean, if you watch any videos in Marshall, it's right there. Yeah. And it was also across another street from a park where a gazebo was. And that gazebo was Walt Disney's inspiration for the bandstand in Disneyland. It's also developed his love for trains because it's a big train town. So they have since developed this thing to look more and more like Walt Disney's Main Street. Right. In fact, it's called Main Street USA in Marceline. Right, right, right. And so, but he would admit it. Walt Disney would say between Marceline and this other town in Colorado, I can't remember what it was, is how he developed Main Street mm. USA. So walking down Main Street in Disneyland, you definitely can see how it's, ref, mm. you know, reminiscent of Marceline. Um. It, it was it was pretty uneventful in Marceline um, and Brookfield. My first companion had cerebral palsy, and so it caused his one of his legs to be shorter than the other. So mm. he walked with a serious limp. Um, and this was the first time I was going to train. And I trained this elder named Elder Anderson. Mm. He had two distinct color eyes, which were blue mm. and green. Vastly different color eyes. Yeah. And we used that a lot. 
for like door approaches sure. and to talk to people. Um, somehow we worked in his eye color or they'd notice. And that was our, yeah, you know, how we started talking to people. Um, the only other thing of any sort of <laughs> anything memorable that happened there is my fallout with Susie. Oh, you had a fallout with Susie? Our meal ticket. Yeah. Did you not like her mozzarella sticks? I loved her mozzarella sticks and her double cheeseburgers were great. But apparently somehow we got a little, I guess she thought we got a little loud in the, in the diner huh. in, in her place. Okay. With a member kid named Josh. And, uh, I, I remember this cause we have a picture of him sitting on the counter with his feet dangling in the garbage can, like wearing one of our suit coats. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what we were doing. We, there was really nobody in there. Sure. And so. We ended up leaving. We were sitting in the gazebo across the way. She comes storming out of there, just yelling at us. This is my place. I'm not going to let you, you know, ruin everything. I've, I'm, we're just, just confused as you look. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, they were saying customers were leaving because you guys were being loud and this and that. I'm like, no, wow. we weren't. And then she started going off on us about how we're not out at her farm enough. This is the branch president's wife. Right. And her phrase, and I give this to you verbatim, if you're not out there, we start looking for reasons not to go to church. Well, that's dumb. And so I yelled right back at her and I said, so where does your testimony lie? Is it with the church or with the missionaries? Yeah. Yeah. She didn't have much to say and she stormed back into Susie's place. No more mozzarella sticks for you. She still said we could eat there. But it became very, very standoffish right, with her. Right. Now, at the very end, when I was leaving that area, she gave my companion, Elder Anderson, a great big hug and said, I want you to stay in touch and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> she turned to me and said, keep in touch if you want, and walks away. <laughs> like, wow. Wow. <laughs> this was also the area where I was attacked by a barred rock chicken, which started my uh, fear of chickens until I actually got one. Um. Fair. But anyway, that was that was interesting. It was a big train town. We didn't have a whole lot of success knocking on doors there. It was the kind of town where if we knocked on the whole town at once, one day, yeah, that was it. Yeah, you know, then you just wait for a week and see if anybody calls you. So anyway, I then got transferred out of there um, from Brookfield to a little town called Vanita Park. Okay. And Vanita Park is a lot like, I would say, Centerville here in Utah. Okay. Um, so just kind of an average. Yeah. There's not a whole lot there. Not spectacular And, and, and town. It, was, it was pretty uneventful all the way around, except for my companion. Because my companion was about five foot five. Mm-hmm. And he was just as wide <laughs> as that. Come to find out, he was an amateur bodybuilder. Mm. And he did shows in Vegas. How do I know this? Because he showed us pictures. Sure. In his oiled up self with his little pink bikini you yeah. on. Yeah. Like, Ugh. and so, but the dude could bench press me. And so as we were walking around, we were actually looked very reminiscent of Woody and Buzz from Toy Story. Right. That was the setup. Is what we looked. He had a buzzed head, short, stocky. I was taller, skinnier at the time. And my last name was Wood. Yeah. It was weird. Woody and Buzz. Woody and Buzz. And this was also 
again, we didn't, there, there was not a whole lot that happened here. Um, I can't even think of one specific situation except one day we had nothing going on. We're like, all right, let's just be done. Yeah. And this was the middle of the day. We end up back at the apartment. He goes into sleep. He was big into blackout curtains. So once you shut that door in that room, Mm -hmm. it was pitch black. You did not see anything. And so he's snoring away. I'm out just in the living room and there's a knock at the door. I look out the peephole and it's the mission president (laughs) outside (laughs) knocking on the door. The head honcho. The head honcho around noon. Yeah. On a, I don't know, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's like, why? So we started thinking somebody ratted us out. We're not supposed to be here. We're going to get sent home. So I run into the room. I wake him up like the mission president of the door. Yeah. And so he throws some clothes on really quick and we stumble the doors. Like, oh, I just came back for lunch. Sure. He's like, oh, I need to talk to you. So I, okay. And this is our new mission president at the time. Sorry. What in the world? <laughs> and so he basically tells me that I am going to be transferred and I'm going to be a district leader. That's why he came. That's to why town. he was there. That's right. why he came. So I'm like, okay, good. And so he left. Little did he know. Fun fact. Remember how I said I was a 19 year old, 20 year old kid and still susceptible to temptation. Yeah. This was the same area where I was on splits with, uh, another missionary who, uh, didn't want to do anything. Okay. Um, and we were in a, in a city called university city Mm. in their area. We were in street clothes. We ended up in an adult bookstore. Somehow. Somehow. We, we didn't look for it. We All just right. went in and there it was. So like, uh, let's walk back out. But as we were walking away, we kind of in an unspoken way said, let's go back. <laughs> we ended up purchasing each three pornographic magazines in University City. Off-duty missionaries, I guess you could say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Purchasing porn in University City. Nice. And we took it back to his apartment. And we just looked at the magazines. We didn't do anything weird, but we did. You didn't pull an elder AC? <laughs> we did not. We did not. We did not AC it up there betwixt us both. I was telling Lady Wife this story, and this is where I said, you know, where we sleep in the same room. And she's like, you were in the same room. What, so what did you just kind of jack off in front of your companion i'm like we didn't do that it's like did you say you had porn it's like well yeah but we didn't just looking at it we we're just looking at it we were reading it for the articles i guess you could say and um <laughs> i don't know what he did with his but after i took mine back to my apartment i felt so guilty i ended up taking him right back out to the dumpster throwing them away and throwing them away yeah. I'm pretty sure he didn't because through the missionary rumor mill, believe it or not, which is actually fairly accurate. Oh yeah. Come to find out that he was caught with a, either a sister missionary or a member doing the deed and he got sent home. That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was him. I have a picture of him. I I wish I could find my, my (laughs) photo album. I have, I have a pretty good picture of him. Anyway. So that, that was the exciting things in mm. Vanita Park. Um, 
that actually ran through my mind as to why the mission president was at the door too. <laughs> so I, Makes did sense. Find out I had porn. Makes sense. And so, spoiler alert: that wasn't the only time I bought porn on my mission. All right. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's so, the, that's the one thing I didn't do. There you I go. I never bought porn. There you go. And and I'd never self-satisfied on my mission either. It was just I was looking because. Well, up until, you know, I went on my mission, it, you know, Blake introduced me to that world. Sure. Believe it or not. But anyway, so I ended up, despite all that, being a district leader and I ended up in Troy, Illinois. So how, how long into the mission is this? Right now? About a year? We're coming up on a year. Okay. Um, or a little, and I think this was about over a little over a year. I spent another four to five months in Brookfield. I spent only maybe two months or a month and a half in Vanita Park. Okay, and then I went to Troy, and Troy, Illinois, is just a truck stop town. Mm. That's all it is. And so we had three cities that we covered that were separated by ten miles. We didn't have a car. We had bikes. And so if we were to go to these other towns, it was rolling hills, biking. Yeah. And uh, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Because my companion at the time, and I can't remember his name, Buchanan. Now I can. He had very, very long legs. Mm -hmm. And he had no issues just going on this bike. Right. He would not stop. Right. He was like a robot. And so for me... I was just huffing and puffing and trying to keep up. And yeah. Anyway, um, Troy, Illinois, like I said, it, it's a truck stop town. This, this was the town where I got spit on. Mm. I was, uh, we were crossing the street and somebody just drove by, rolled down the window and it was like tobacco juice at us. Cool. And it splattered on my pants and my shoes. And, um, this was also the town where I got cigarette burned. Because for the same situation, we were walking down the street and somebody drove up almost right next to us, rolled down the window and flipped a cigarette at me and it burned my shirt. And I kept that shirt for a long time. Yeah. It was kind of a badge of pride yeah. to have this cigarette burn on it. And these were white people? These are all white people. Of course. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we were never spit on by black people. No. We, we were no. never talked down to. We were never insulted. We were always invited in. Yep. Um, except for that first day. That first day when I got door slammed was. <laughs> well, you had to know what you were in for. We did. Yeah. We did. And um, so, yeah, they. it's amazing. Just the, it was a huge culture shift. Yeah. For me. Yeah. Um, so in, in, in Troy, it, again, it was, it was fairly uneventful. We, we, I spent a Christmas there and, um the young men and women of the ward, we actually had a ward there, um, broke into our apartment and gave us a tree and tried to decorate it with two strings of popcorn and right. half, half yeah. a thing of garland. And yeah. that was about it. But, church uh, youth groups usually do. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're fantastic. But, um, we appreciated it <laughs> as much as we could. Um, we had a, uh, uh, member by the name of Fellhauer. He was our mission our ward mission leader 
and we go out to his farm, another farm, and we had bonfires there and we did, you know, wintertime hay rides there mm -hmm. and we brought, you know, investigators there and that was just, it was a fantastic time. Um, it snows pretty good in Missouri, right? It snowed incredibly, especially in Illinois. Okay. Because we had, like you, I'm sure you experienced like All freezing right. rain. Chicago, right. Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, Illinois. Um, freezing rain. And, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we yeah. got snow and then we got hit by freezing rain right after. Yeah. And so we walked out on our lawn out of this apartment and we just stepped right on what I could only describe as look like cake frosting mm -hmm. and it would not break. It was just solid ice yeah. all across the lawn. Yeah. And what was cool is it started to thaw. There was this leaf that had fallen from a tree and landed in the street and shattered. Oh, that's cool. And then the ice melted away and it left this perfectly shattered leaf mm -hmm. on the ground. And that was the coolest thing that I, that I saw at the time. But, uh, this was also the time where I hallucinated for the first time. The first and only time I've ever hallucinated. I was very sick. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what it was, but I was very sick. And I ended up staying awake straight for three days. Wow. Because I could not sleep. And after that third day, I was downstairs in our apartment, which I found a picture of last night on Google Maps. And I was looking out the window and I was listening to Enya. Oh, that'll do it. And it started to rain. Now, whether it was actually raining or this was part of my hallucination, I'm not sure. <laughs> but as the rain started coming, I was listening to either like Sail Away or Orinoco Flow or whatever it was. The rain started coming down in thick cylinders of color and shattering on the ground. Ooh, that'd be cool. It was cool. And listening <laughs> to Enya and not having slept for three days. You're like in a whole other world. This was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so that actually was probably the, that helped me go to sleep. Mm -hmm. I finally was able to get some sleep. And so, yeah, that was, that was, that was interesting. That was, that was fun times. I only had the one companion there. Um, this was also the time where I went on splits with this missionary by the name of Elder Olson, who I stayed in contact with for a long time. Um, he was very blonde. He was had a naturally perm looking hair. Mm -hmm. And he was the guy that, where he would just give us a random word to use at a door. Approach. Right. Right. And so it, it was entertaining. He was very straight laced and by the book, but he'd like to enjoy himself. Sure. And so he tried to make it fun. That's what I appreciated about him. He yelled at me once cause I didn't shave for two days. And that was the only time we really had a fallout there. But uh, it's not like, it's not like <laughs> your facial hair now. I know. Like, this was like 19, 20 year old peach fuzz. Like, yeah. come on. He, he yelled at me. He's like, why don't you just grow a full beard? I'm like, if you're giving me permission. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but, uh, in this, in this area, I was also, I was also asked to be Santa Claus at a ward Christmas party, mm. which was inappropriate to have young women sewn your last Santa Claus as yeah. a missionary. Yeah. Um, but I have pictures of that too, as me as Santa Claus. Um, and then the only other thing I had in Troy was in our 10 mile journey to a city called Marine. Mm -hmm. 
the first door we knocked on was the mayor of the town. And uh, this town is very, very tight mm-hmm. with everybody. It's very small. And everybody got together to celebrate the opening of a bank. That's the kind of thing they do. And sure, why not? Exactly. And this mayor ended up rallying the town and kicked us out. <laughs> we could no longer proselyte in Marine, wow. Illinois. We were kicked out of the town. So we're like, oh well, that saves us a 10-mile yeah. bike ride. Bummer. <laughs> and then the other town was called St. Jacob, and it was... It was weird because it was almost an exact triangle from Troy to Marine is 10 miles. And then from Marine down to St. Jacob is another 10. And then from St. Jacob back to Troy was 10. So it was like this <sighs> equilateral triangle. It's a lot of bike riding. It was. And the only thing in St. Jacob was a uh, hospital that we went to visit a uh, senior member. Mm. And so we just stopped. <laughs> we just stopped going to those other two towns. Yeah. So anyway, finally, I made it out of the boonies as it were and by this time we're well into about a year and a half okay on my mission i was called to be a zone leader's companion in what would be my last area called saint peter's okay um it was a very high class area Mm. of course it was because it was a zone leader area of course and so the apartment was extremely nice of course (laughs) we had a very nice car. Mm. Um, the proselyting and the work we did was all member, you know, um, suggested. Right. So this was like a, this was a plum area. This, this was fantastic. Yeah. If it wasn't for my companion. I always ruin it. His name is Elder Barzi. Now, if you want to know who Elder Barzi is, he came to a little bit of infamy in Idaho. In this, because he is now a superintendent mm-hmm. in a school district in Idaho, I think to this day, he made the news almost nationally because he refused to let a girl go to prom because of an outfit she was wearing and cited church things because of that, how it was inappropriate. And he made the news all throughout it. It almost became national headlines. Was, was her shoulders showing? Probably something like that. Goodness. And crazy yeah and so he's like we have a strict dress code and and if it, and if i let her do this then blah 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 i'm like oh my gosh yeah whatever <laughs> and so anyway <laughs> um what he would do which kind of ruined it for me is that even though this was as you say a plum area he would take those plums for himself and then go on splits and send me and the other companion to actually go knock doors. Oh, that sucks. While he would go to members. Yeah. And he would do this and that. And I'm like, you. Well, I'm sure he was getting fed. And oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was funny that you, about that is that he then showed us a video that he went to this member's house. And these are the members that you want. These are the members that if they're going to do something... They always say, let's invite the missionaries. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the kind of family they were. They were huge. They were called the Howes, and they were enormous. I think they had like seven or eight kids. Mm -hmm. Um, They were all very musical, and it was just, this is what you want. Right. And so he sent us out to go knock doors. Come to find out, you know, we ended up back at the Howe family, and they said, oh, we have that video. And I'm like, what video? When Elder Barzi came, like, 
or you know, it was like maybe a couple of days before mm-hmm. Christmas. And I said, okay. And he puts it in and he's dressed in like, they're doing like a nativity play. And you know, it's like, Oh, are you kidding? My gosh. And so I ended up at, in missionaries terms, killing him off. Yeah. Um, and I got, I, as a zone leader, I was put in as zone leader with this other missionary for a short time named Elder Grunig. Mm-hmm. Now, Elder Grunig, are you familiar with Robin Gibb from the Bee Gees? Yeah. He's the goofy looking one. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine him, but put him at about five foot four or five foot five and skinny as a rail. Okay. Now, when he talks, Imagine him being extremely nasal. Okay. <laughs> and he doesn't open his mouth. This guy's just a nerd. <laughs> right. And so as we were knocking doors, if if he was taking the lead, he'd say, We're like, I have no idea what you're saying. So I ended up being the default translator for this kid. And the reason I was with him is because he and his companion got in a fight. And so I had to separate these two, and I ended up right. with Robin Gibb. Right. Nasal Robin Gibb <laughs> without the musical talent. And so <laughs> I ended up, uh, he ended up going home because he just, he had issues. Couldn't hack it. He couldn't hack it. And couldn't he, buddy hack he, it. Couldn't understand anything. I'm feeling green. <laughs> so I had to, you know, I was basically his Rosetta Stone for everybody at right. the door. Right, right, right. Like, we're, we're missionaries. <laughs> so finally i end up in my with my last companion by the name of elder kornberg and he takes over as zone leader because i'm going home mm-hmm. and uh we end up we end up um this was the companion i was with when i got a call from alan osmond mm-hmm. to check on his friend who was a radio <clears throat> dj who was living on a billboard and wanted right. to go talk to him right we couldn't do that because he was on a billboard so we didn't never ended up talking to him. Um, this was also the missionary where one of the last times I ever bought a porn magazine was with him. He was asleep. It was probably eleven thirty at night. I got bored. So you left. So I left. I got in the car and I drove to the nearest gas station. <laughs> and and I think I bought, I don't know, a drink or something, and then you know, oh, behind man. the counter was a swank or a penthouse or right. I don't know. Uh, take that one too. And so <laughs> and I'm taking that back and I sat out in the car and leaped for this thing and drank my drink and then went back inside. And um, this was also the missionary that the last time I ever swore on my mission was at this guy. Because he started doing the same thing that Barzy did. He put us on splits with the other companionship in our district. Yeah. And they'd take the little cherry routes and send us out to knock doors for six hours. But weren't weren't you like the senior companion? I was the senior companion, but okay. he was the quote unquote zone leader. Mm, okay. And so there we butted heads there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so many times I said, You don't know this area. Yeah. I've been in this area now six plus months. You know, you had to pull rank. Yeah. You just had to. Yeah. He said, Well, I'm officially the zone leader and anyway. And I said, You know what? I don't give a blank what you do go ahead and blank mm-hmm. bl- right in front of these other missionaries he said do we need to have a discussion <laughs> you can do whatever you want to do so he sends them out and we hash it out but 
Time for companionship inventory. Oh my gosh. That was the word. That was the word. Yep. Right there. Yeah. Companionship inventory. But really, um, for the most part, and I, and I know I'm leaving out a lot of stuff, even though it seems like I've been talking for hours. Um, I tried to do my best with what I, with what I could. Yeah. I left my mission being able to talk better with people. Mm -hmm. Um, I could associate better. I had a better understanding of what the church was and how it operated on a missionary level. Um, better understanding of what the church was like outside of the outside Utah, of bubble. Utah bubble. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> We were in several ward councils where they always referred to it as Happy Valley and things like that. And like, I can see it now. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. couldn't argue. Yep. Um, and I had a, a deeper appreciation for other cultures. Yeah. So much more. Um, for the most part, going on a mission made me, I feel, to be a better person um, as far as coming out of my shell yeah and uh you know it's i i don't regret anything you know even the choices i made that may have been considered poor <laughs> you know at the time you know it it was for a reason yeah and uh, even the porn was for a reason you know like you know we were human it really is yeah i mean you know we're human we're yes. 19 year old 20 year old kids yeah and uh, susceptible to everything out. Just because you're out there on a mission, you don't have the shield from the rest of the world. No. You don't have the shield of, you know, not being susceptible to temptation. Yeah. You know, yes, you took the advantage if you were in Union Station to sit at the subway that happened to face the Hooters across the way. Right. I mean, you just do that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, yes, you walk a little slower by the, the exercise class with the ladies in the thongs. Sure. I mean, you, you, you do those kind of things, you know, <laughs> cause you're a human being. Um, I never, I will say I never had an urge to come home. I found myself, um, to be fortunate around Christmases, very much so around Christmases, the hardest time to be away from family. One Christmas I spent with the with his family called the Giza Keys. Um, she had this strong southern accent, but she was another one of those families that wanted the missionaries there. Yeah. And uh, her and her husband and her daughter were just very welcoming. And uh, they made us stockings. They had us over for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Um, and she gave me a demo tape of her daughter because she was wanted to be a singer, mm -hmm. country singer. So she gave me a demo tape and she went by the name of Kristen Tanaj because Giza Key doesn't fly in the country world, but apparently Tanaj does. And that name, if you spell it out, Janet is Janet backwards, which is her mom's name. Right, 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 right. And so that, that never took off. She, she's not out there right now. <laughs> you, you won't find Kristen Tanaj. So she didn't change her name to Taylor Swift or anything? <laughs> On the country chart. <laughs> what was funny is that her mom was very strict about the lyrics that she sang. Yeah. It's country. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have some lyrics um, that may not reflect the LDS, mm -hmm. you know, beliefs. Sure. And one of these, which is on the demo tape, was the song Strawberry Wine. Mm. And she had her change the lyrics to Strawberry Limes. <sighs> well, that makes no sense. No. Strawberry Limes. What? 
<laughs> just makes it worse. And then she'd take her into like bars to sing karaoke for these people. You know, it's like, and she was like, what, 14? Justification. Justification. Yep. And the other Christmas, I was able to house sit for another family called the Greenfields. They actually make little uh, sunstone models mm-hmm. and little temple models. You can buy at Desiree Book right now. And uh, they were very well off. And they invited us to house sit while they went out of town around Christmas. And we did that. Yeah. Because you do that. Sure. (laughs) And they had this very large dog, which was the friendliest thing on the planet. You know, and that was one of the reasons they wanted us there, Mm. take care of the dog. But they had TV and they had, you know, we had separate rooms and gigantic beds. and like That would have been great. And I think. I don't know if you remember, I called home from there saying where I was, that I was in this house. Anyway, so I was very lucky um, around Christmas time. I didn't struggle a whole lot. My my biggest struggles were the culture shock of the inner city and my jerk companion. Yeah. Other than that, I just, I went out there and did the best I could with, with what I knew. And, um, one of the funniest letters I got from Blake is while I was out there, my mission, he apologized for not being in my farewell. And, but he, he asked me how many enemy kills I've had. (laughs) And I, I will say if you're judging a missionary success by the amount of baptisms they had, then mine was not a success. Yeah. I had one. And it was in the inner city. And it was this guy by the name of Key. who went by Key. And uh, he and his wife, Michelle. And um, shortly after the baptism, they just vanished. Mm. The house was like empty. And they just disappeared. Fugitives or something. I'm telling you. It was something like that. But uh, yeah, it was... uh, if if you're going by that, then no, it wasn't very successful. Well, it sounds like you're in like these sparse little areas you can knock part. on it one day. Like for for the most part, unless it was like I said, unless you were in the inner city or St. Peter's. Yeah, those were the two biggest areas I was in. In the middle of that, you're not wrong. Yeah, I was in truck stops and and trailer parks. <sighs> these little podunk towns. Like, of course you I'm weren't telling you. And, <laughs> but it, again, it gave me such an appreciation for these people that, uh, you know, have, have these wards or these people that go to these wards that have to travel Oh yeah, 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 yeah. so far to get to a church. And then to come back here to Utah, you have a church up the road, mm-hmm. you have a church down the road, you have a church across the street, you have a church on the other street, Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and every ward is like its own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Whereas there, a ward could easily encompass four or five different cities yeah. in two different counties. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you develop an appreciation for what people will actually do if they have the faith to do it. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I came back and, and I was, I was proud of what I did. I. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Really? You know? And, and even if I only had the one baptism and they just vanished, oh, well. You know, I was out doing what I need to do mm-hmm. that I felt I need to do. So, and that's it. Came back in the year of our Lord, 2000. 
<laughs> we made it through the uh, Y2K yep, in there. Yep. I actually made a bet with a lady on my mission. I was in St. Peter's when it turned 2000. And uh, I said, I will bet you whatever you want that nothing is going to happen. It's like, how do you know I've stocked up on water? It's like, nothing is going to happen. <laughs> and so on New Year's, New Year's Eve, when it turned midnight, we were already in bed. We were already asleep. I rolled over. Clock was still working. Fireworks are going off outside. I went back to sleep. Yep. Woke up the next day and nothing had changed. <laughs> and so she gave the excuse, I just want to be prepared. I'm like, for what? Yeah, for what? <laughs> for exactly. what? Your computer's going to have a hard time keeping track of the date. Exactly. That was it. So, but yeah, I'm sure I forgot a lot. There were, there was a lot, um, a lot of people. One of my companions almost fought a person on the bus because he was, um, aggressively drunkenly flirting with this lady mm-hmm. and to where he was like trying to physically do things. Yeah. And she got so embarrassed by it. She's like, well, I'm a lesbian. And so, and so he like balled up his fist and he was, I'm like, what are you going to do? He's like, well, I'm these going to knock it down. I'm like, Please don't. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't do that. And we had interesting times on a bus. Oh, one last thing. Speaking of bus, um, the bus had stopped, opened the door and this kid was outside just staring at him at the bus driver. And he's like, what? And he pulls out this enormous, what I can only describe as a super soaker water gun and just blasts the bus driver with it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, no, shuts the door. And everybody on the bus rallies around this bus driver. <laughs> That's not fair. You work hard for them. They don't deserve to do that to you. But I thought it was funny that he just got blasted by That's this funny. Kid with the water gun. Anyway. Yeah. It was, it was interesting, interesting times. I would never want to do it again. Nope. I will say that right now. And Same. I, and we mentioned it before. I look at a neighborhood and I'm terrified of the idea of knocking on every door. Yeah. Even around Halloween. Yeah. I feel tense to see kids doing it because I, I know what it's like. I know the people that come to the doors. Mm-hmm. Um, every other door had a, what we ended up calling the Missouri doorbell which was a uh, Rottweiler. Yep. Um, they all had barked. Pitbulls. They all barked. Yep. And uh, yeah, it, it got scary from time to time, but, you know, we made do. So, And this this was the exchange, I think, for both of us. When you knock on the door, this is what happened. Who is it? <laughs> Missionaries. <laughs> who? Who? <laughs> Missionaries. Who? <laughs> Church people. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then they'd come answer the door. That yep. was the exchange. Every time. Almost verbatim. <laughs> the only thing you missed was when you first knocked on the door, the dog barked. Yep, the dog would bark. And that was it. Who? <laughs> I don't know if you did this, but I would whisper back. So they would have to open the door. Like, I just, I just talked normally. I wouldn't yell. I was like, engineer. Who? Engineer. <laughs> Then they open it through the chain. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Bold name Nelder. No. <laughs> what you want, man? Got that a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had, oh, sorry, really quick. There was, this is how my companion was, my trainer. We tried to get in with these kids, you know, just, just to be friendly and nice. And mm-hmm. 
and they start asking what our first name was. I had no issue telling him my first name. Yeah. My companion refused. I I am while on this mission, I go by Elder. Like, well, what's your name when you go home? I'm I can't say. It's on my mission, I go by Elder. I'm like, my name's Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I think he even talked to me about that afterward. That was inappropriate. Like, why? Yeah, why? Who cares? We aren't secret agents here, dude. <laughs> So what? It's like, we're, we're real people. It's like, man, you, you want to build a relationship with these people. Yeah. You can't do that exactly. by hiding your name. Exactly. Build relations. I, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I would argue with other missionaries about that. Build relationship of trust. It's yes. there in the teaching. Yes. Material. That's what you do. Yeah. It's like, what are you trying to hide? You know, just, just talk to these people like they're human. Yeah. You can't commit someone for baptism the first 10 minutes that you meet them. Like, it just, no. that's not how the world works. No. Ugh. And I've had missionaries that thought that was a thing, too. Uh, yeah. Like, no. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> we had people stop talking to us because a new missionary would come in and try to commit them. Oh, I get really quick. I know we've gone long, but just the one last thing, the most awkward situation I was ever in, we got invited to this, to the, go to this church, the church of God in Christ. And as we went in, we talked to the preacher. Mm -hmm. They handed us a little program. It says what the preacher's topic was going to be. After meeting us, he goes back into his office. So we're like, okay. So we go and sit down. He comes out. And as he starts preaching, he says, I've changed what I'm going to talk about from what the program says. And he changed it to, if you're not a member of this church, why not? It's pretty much what it was. And so he changed it because we came right, into the building. Right. A lady in that congregation invited us over for dinner. Mm -hmm. We go over there. It's her and her husband. So we're like, oh, this is good. Maybe we can, you know, talk to them. There's a knock at the door. The assistant pastor and his girlfriend come in. Mm. Hmm. We're like, okay, this is interesting. And so we meet them and start talking. There's another knock at the door. Just some couple other regular people from the from the congregation who ended up being ex-Mormons, by the way. Oh. They come in and sit down and start mm. talking. We're like, do you feel like we're being ambushed? <laughs> Here. And then there's a final <laughs> knock at the door. And who do you think it is? The, the preacher. preacher himself yeah. and his wife. Yeah. They're like, wow, this is going to be interesting. So we sit down, we start talking and everything's going fairly smooth. You know, I try to lighten, you know, the conversations like, well, I thought you, we were just going to come in. You guys are going to blast us with, you know, you're all going to hell and, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's kind of laughing. And then the lady asked me. So what is it that you guys actually believe? And my companion turns to me and he says, you have the articles of faith memorized, right? I'm like, uh, not one put on the spot. <laughs> no. So I was able, I actually was able to do it. I gave him all 13 and then the preacher looks at me and says, now let me tell you what's wrong with that. <laughs> and he goes through all 13 for the most part, and just rips it apart. <laughs> We're like, wow. And so after this awkward dinner, we end up leaving. And as we're walking out, we hear the lady tell the preacher, 
I'll have them converted before they leave. Like, oh, well, you won't though, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but just have that army show up at the house, like, wow. That's you got ex Mormons, you got preachers, assistant preachers. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that was that was tense. That was yeah. a tense situation. Again, it was all white people. There of course. Of course. And that was in that was in Troy. That was in Troy, Illinois as well. So Yeah. We also made a newspaper by putting a bike together for a senior center. <laughs> Slow we ended up news day. In the papers. I did find that when I was looking for my journal today. I found yeah. the newspaper with our picture in it. <laughs> Elders assemble bicycle. <laughs> Neat. Wow. Look at us go. So Yeah. Um uh, I remember one time uh we uh we had one of the areas I was I think it was Biloxi. Um, we would do Sunday services on the big uh, Air Force base. Yeah. So we'd go in there, and our services was after the Baptist services. <laughs> okay. So we'd get in there like 15 minutes before they ended, and we'd be back to back to like you know preparing the sacrament or something. While this band was playing, the preacher was up <laughs> yeah. there, and we were just like, man, this is awesome! <laughs> like, no wonder people come here. Oh yeah. Then you get to our service, it's so boring and quiet. Quiet. Like, oh my gosh. It was funny to say that because we <laughs> met the drummer of a church band. Yeah. His last name was Moon. I'm like, like Keith Moon? <laughs> drummer of the Who? Like, yeah, I get that a lot. I'm partially why I became a drummer. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they we did go back and forth a little bit. I mean, we were really friendly with him, but I'm like I think there's a difference between what you guys do as adrenaline yeah, and actually feeling the spirit. Yeah. And he's like, but you feel the spirit and you get the adrenaline. And so we went back and forth yeah. for a minute. I'm like, well, I can't argue. I mean, <laughs> you're more exciting than us. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'd, we'd be back there preparing, just <laughs> clapping along. <laughs> like, this is uh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they love it. They love it. It's more of a party. But yeah. Well, all right. There all you right. go. There it is. There it is. Two years. Yep. It's like the church enjoys a 10%. And so going on a mission between 19 and 20 year old is basically a 10% of your life. That's true. Is what it is. You're giving from a 20 year old, you're giving two years. So you're basically doing a 10% thing. Hmm, so. That's true. I not think about that. Yep. All right. I think that'll uh, wrap it up for this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, I appreciate that. My uh, more than lived up to the title of Ramble this time around. So, <laughs> all right, there you go. It's all right. It's a good. It's a good record to have. It is. It is. Um, if you like the podcast, make sure to like it, subscribe to it, um, share sure. it around. Yeah, I uh, I think I was talking to Troy earlier. It's like I just go to a YouTube video they talk about podcasts. And I leave a comment. Oh, I like to listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's a way to get the names out there. That's right. We've been talking about missionaries. Be our missionaries. <laughs> Be our missionaries. Go out there. <laughs> Spread the good word Spread of the, the brother Bramble. <laughs> Make a ring that says TBR instead of There you go. CTR. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Merch idea. There you go. All right. Uh, make sure to tune in next week to hear the Brothers Ramble about another topic. We'll see you. Bye.